Well, all right this morning, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Saints of God, men and women, brethren, amen. Sisters and brothers, ladies and gentlemen, amen. We welcome you this morning to the creating of prayer culture for God. Prayer call at 6 a.m. this morning, Monday morning, March the 8th. And we just give God so much praise this morning, amen, for just being such a wonderful God, loving, kind God. We give thanks unto the Lord for his goodness and for his mercy that endured forever this morning. We thank God this morning that we're able to come in the gates of amen with, with, with praise and enter his course with praise this morning, thanksgiving in our hearts this morning because we have a savior and his name is Jesus. We have a deliverer and his name is Jesus. We have a healer and his name is Jesus. And we thank God because of the mighty deeds, the mighty works that he's already done amen and the things that he's doing right now and the things that he's yet to do we don't wait we praise him now amen and so thank god this morning for the creating a prayer culture prayer line for, that god has given us this morning that we can assemble and gather together this morning and have a little talk with jesus as we talk about jesus as we learn about jesus it equips and empowers us to be able to have a conversation with him because we know more about who he is. Amen. And so we give God praise for this wonderful blessing he's given us this morning. Thank God for all of you this morning. We welcome you this morning. Prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers, men and women that watch over the cities. Amen. That God may bring peace there. We know you're praying for your cities, your communities, your neighborhoods. We know you're praying for us. We're praying for you. We know you're praying for the world. At least that's our prayer that we would all bear the burdens of those out there that are struggling and are lost this morning because we are, believe it or not, we are God's chosen people. Amen. We're that chosen priesthood. We're that royal priesthood. We're that chosen generation, you know. And so we thank God this morning that we are God's peculiar people this morning, called out, consecrated, separated for the master's use this morning, meet for the master's use, got that sacred purpose attached to our lives because we're saved now and we're to go forth and do the work, amen, that God has called us to do. The ministry of evangelism rests upon us this morning. We're infused and empowered and enveloped by the Holy Ghost just wanting to be a witness, an effective witness, because it's not I, but it's the Christ that lives in us this morning. And we go forth, amen, to do the ministry of reconciliation and try to win souls back to Christ that have fallen away and to try to and introduce others that have never uh, had a chance to hear the good news of the gospel and, and to be told about the grace and the love and the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. And so that's our role. That's our job. You know, we're called by his name. We're God's people this morning. And first, we, we come to pray this morning. Amen. Knowing that God will hear our prayers and answer them. And when he hears those prayers, man, we, he said, I will hear from heaven for you and I'll forgive your sins and I'll heal your land. So we're expecting God to do some great and mighty things. Amen. And so we want to get in here in this word, man, and learn some more about Jesus, that great shepherd this morning. We want to learn about the shepherd's claims. You know, he he made some claims and we've been dealing with these claims. And just the other day when we was on here, we talked about uh, the shepherd, Jesus, the true savior of the world. And so this morning we're going to talk about the claims, you know, the great shepherd's claims, some claims that were made about the shepherd. Some was made by the shepherd and some was made by others who hung out around the shepherd and followed the shepherd and sat under his teaching. Some who had been on the receiving end of the healing miracles. So we want to look at some more of these claims about the, she the, the shepherd, another role of Jesus, another hat that he wore, you know, another personality that he displayed among the people as a shepherd great metaphor here great symbology here 
Amen. And so we want to dive in here this morning and learn more about these revelations of him as the great shepherd and explore some more of these claims. Amen. So let's go into the 10th chapter of the book of John this morning. We're going to pick up our, our study this morning on the revelations of Jesus Christ in verse 22. Amen. And the revelation we're going to look at this morning uh, deals with the great shepherd's claims, some claims that were made. I love that 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 uh, that uh, title that's put on the, the great shepherd's claim. It's not your ordinary shepherd. He's like no other shepherd. No one can be compared to him. He sits alone. He's distinguished based on what he taught and what he did. Amen. And no one could compare to him because a lot of people talk Lord, Lord, but they can't do it. They can't do the Lord. Amen. They can't do the works that he said you would do and greater works. And so he says, I'm the great shepherd, but I'd say, and then I do, I back it up. I prove who I am. Amen. You know, and so I, I love that about him. That is a very distinguishing characteristic and attribute about him. He don't just come and talk a bunch of hot air, but he follows it up with signs and wonders. He does what he says he's going to do and beyond. Amen. He's doing everything he can to fulfill these claims. Amen. But still yet, there are those out there that would say, yes, he is the Christ. He is the son of God. You know, you, you got to look at all these things. No man can do these miracles that he's doing unless he be sent from God. But then there's that other part of the house, man, that will sit there and say, nah, he's a sinner. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's violating our Sabbath day. You know, he's doing things that is against our laws. Amen. And so, you know, you're always going to have that. But yet the claims hold fast. Yet the claims are true. They cannot be disputed. They can be rejected or they can be received, as we learned yesterday in Paul's teaching from the message. You know, there are those who can receive. There are those who can, will reject no matter what happens. You're always going to have that reception and you're going to have that rejection of Jesus, of God the Father, and his truth. Amen. And so let's go in here and look at, look at these verses. Verse 22 uh, is what we'll pick up at this morning. And bear in mind, we're talking about the great shepherd's claim. Amen. Jesus's claim. Amen. This is nobody else. It's Jesus. Stands alone. Amen. Um, preeminent. Higher than anything else. So, let's, so don't try to compare it to anything else. It can't be compared to your favorite bishop, your favorite prophet. People make claims all the time, but you don't, you don't hear nothing about none of them coming to pass. They're just making claims, and people grab the claims and hold on to them for 20 years, you know, believing that something's going to happen. But when Jesus says a thing, man, he makes it good. He, he, he honors his word. So let's look at some of this, these claims. And so we're looking at verse 22 here of the 10th chapter of the book of John. Uh, amen. And it says, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was in the winter. Amen. So we see Jesus now is at Jerusalem. He's finally reached Jerusalem. He started back in Capernaum and it's at the Feast of Dedication. Remember, that's where he was going anyway. But on the way there from Capernaum, remember the, the wedding where he turned the water into wine, the first miracle, you know, and it's been a journey for him. He'd been traveling and he encountered so many people along the way that had struggles. He went in synagogues and preached the kingdom of his father. They heard that. Some people said, this is a good man. They, they followed him. 
Others went and got loved ones and bought to him. And so we just see a string of miracles that Jesus is doing all the way till he gets to the feast right now. Now he's entering into the feast. He's just about at his destination. And he begins to, and, and it's winter time, so that means it's cold. And so it was in the winter, so it wasn't easy. But look at, look at Jesus. He's ignoring the weather, the elements. He's still going about in their synagogues, preaching the kingdom of his father. He's still saving souls. He's still giving people the truth. He's telling them about the kingdom and people are following him and they're bringing people to him. Amen. So the claim is being fulfilled by this great shepherd and he's not turned away because it's winter time. You know, he's right. keep, you know, he's keep on moving. He is walking and, in, in you know, and, in and, in, in, you know, he's walking you know, as he traveling, because they didn't have these bulletproof cars like the Pope got. They didn't have all this entourage. So he just, he just walking. Verse 23 says, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So see, Solomon had built a, built a, a porch on the temple. So Jesus is walking in that because there's this, this has a lot to do with the, with the, uh, with the feats of dedication. So this is a temple he's walking in, you know, he's walking from, from one place into this temple, amen. And uh, we know he loved to go into the synagogues and the temples. Why? Because there's a gathering of people there. He loves to go in, in where the people are at, man. You know, in other words, he will meet the people where they're at. They don't always have to come out to him. He'll meet them where they're at. It's one thing about Jesus. He'll show up where there's need, you know, and he'll meet that need, you know, because that's what he does. You know, he supply all you need according to rich and glory by Christ Jesus. He know these people together and therefore the traditional things that they normally do. But Jesus is coming to introduce them to something they never they never seen before. And if they want to get something they never had, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to accept him. They're going to have to believe his claims because he knows this. He knows their minds. He knows their mind. He knows before he enters into this temple that everybody in there is not going to receive him. He's dealt with rejection, but he's also dealt with reception. And so he's going in there, man, knowing that some, he's going to win some to the Father. You know, he knows this already, and he still goes in there. He knows the danger that awaits him. He knows those haters in there. He knows those bigots, those liars in there. He knows those in there that's going to threaten him. He knows that they're going to try to kill him. They're going to try to shut him up. He knows this, but yet and still, it's cold. Not only is the elements cold, Pastor Sharon, but the heart of some of the people in there are cold. Right. You know, you got some cold-hearted criminals up in there, man. Don't want Jesus, don't want to hear nothing he got to say because he becomes a threat to their, to their prestigious life, their, you know, to their, to their ministries. Mm -hmm. And so he goes in there and it says, And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Verse 24, he says, Then came the Jews round about him, and said unto him, How long doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. So now you got a bunch of religious folks. They done been watching Jesus, done spied him out. They done had their, their little henchmen to bring back reports of everything he's done since he's been, you know, walking from uh, Capernaum all the way to Jerusalem. So they, they, they know, you know. And so now they approach him with more questions. With more questions. Isn't that amazing? When, when the Lord said, when you come to me, you just got to believe. You know, I'm going to do what I, what I came to do. Just believe. You know, you don't have to come with a whole bunch of questions because how can you doubt me? You right here with me. I'm right here with you. And you are witnessing these miracles. You are witnessing the fulfilling of these claims that I made. Nothing that I said that, that my father sent me to do have I not done. In your presence. 
So why are you coming with your heart full of questions? But see, Jesus already knew this about them. But he wanted them to, he, he wanted to say things back to them that will provoke their thinking, you know, that maybe this is the Christ. And they come and talk about how long you're going to keep us in doubt. You ain't believe none of his preaching and teaching about the Father's kingdom. You definitely ain't doing none of it. And you're seeing blind folks receive their sight. They've been blind all their life. You knew these people. You're seeing lepers being healed. You're seeing all these people following him and saying, this is a good man. You know, he's got to be the son of God. And here you come with your questions, you know. And so, you know, that's what religious folks do. They'll approach, you know, the power of God. I mean, you, man, you, y'all know you go to some of these places, man, you start talking about the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and people looking at you like you're crazy, ready to throw you out of the church. You know, and you, you know. And, 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 and you go to some place that's so dry, and they talking about the Holy Ghost in there. And so let's look at verse 25. Still talking about these, the great shepherd's claim. In 20, verse 25, he says, And Jesus answered. I love this. Jesus always answered them questions, man. And Jesus answered them. Now, he ain't going to answer them like they want to be him to answer them. He's going to answer them the way he want to answer them, which is always good because what Jesus says is what matters. That's the only thing that counts. That's the best answer you can get to a question. That's, it, right? you know, that's the best answer for any doubt, for any unbelief. You know, because he know who he is. He know whose he is. He know he was sent by the Father. He ain't gonna veer away from that message. You ain't gonna trick him. You ain't gonna catch him up in a bunch of lies. He ain't trying to impress nobody. He know who he is. He know he's the Son of God. He know what his mission was. Remember, he said to the woman at the well back in the fourth chapter, "My meat is always do the will of him that sent me. Nothing is gonna distract me or deter me from that." You know, and he goes on to say, you know, uh, then came, oh, uh, verse 25, he says, and Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. Man, what an answer. They can't touch that. Look at that claim he made. He is the Messiah. All these religious folks did not believe him. That's the problem with religion. You believe what you want to believe. And if you don't want to believe it, then you create something to believe. Mm. You know, remember we talked about the, agno the agnostics yesterday? Mm -hmm. Talked about those who, just for, for some reason, they don't believe that God is real, but at the same time, they don't dispute that he's real. You know, they just kind of ask questions to try to trick you, try to hem you up. You know, they don't want to believe, but then they don't want to disbelieve. They just want to be neutral and just come up with a bunch of questions. You know, no matter what answer you give them, they still going to just stay neutral. They ain't going to go one way or the other. Okay? Right in their own mind. Fools, foolish. You know, as Paul said. And he goes on to say here, man, I told you, you know, and you still don't believe. You know, my claims are real clear. I'm, there's nothing confusing about this. I'm very clear what I said. You know, watch the work I do. You know, I'm not doing this of myself. I'm not taking no credit. I'm not asking you, man, to give me no money. I'm not begging. I'm not aggressively begging you for anything for what I do. This is the Father's will. You know, I'm pleasing my father. Do you get that? Let that register. Let that register. I'm pleasing my father. Who are you pleasing? Your own ego? Your own self-interest? Your own pride? Your own ego? Jesus said, that's not what I came to do. I came to please the one who sent me. I came in his name. And he says, you know, my, you, you need proof? My works are the proof. The works I do speak for me. They, the work proves every claim that I've ever made before you in your synagogue, in the temple, you know, you know, 
what I taught is what I did. Because it's my father's will, you know. He sent me. I'm doing what he told me to do. Verse 26, he says, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. So he's telling these religious folks, you were not of my sheep. I have sheep, and then I have people who don't want to be my sheep. And it's amazing. You're the ones with all the questions. Yes. My sheep don't have questions. They just follow me. I'm the shepherd. You know, so they, 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 they're confident because I care for them. I lay my life down for them. They can go in and out by me, you know, and feel safe, feel protected. Know that I'm going to look out for their best interest. But you, you're not, you're not my sheep. The way you're acting spells that out, proves that. Because if you, if you were my, my sheep, you would know my voice, you would hear my voice, and another voice you wouldn't follow, not even your own. You would just humble yourself and follow me. And right now, you, you know, you don't believe you can't do it, you know, because I understand you're not my sheep yet. But when you become my sheep, when you come into the sheepfold and join the rest of the sheep, your conduct will change, your life will change. You will humble yourself and you will follow me, the good shepherd. And I'll lay my life down for you, too. You know, and then he goes on in verse 27 and he said, my sheep, my God, hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Man, he's talking about his sheep now. Now he's telling folks who are not of his sheepfold yet. He just called them out. He just made a claim against them. But now he turns it around and talks about his sheep. Mm. And I can just see those hard hearts and those faces standing there. They're ready to grab him. They're ready to pounce on him. They just, they, they, you know, they, they want to go beyond threatening him now. They want to do something because he is a threat to them. But look at how Jesus explained to them how they should be acting if they're his sheep. He says in this verse right here, he said, my sheep, they believe, number one, okay? They believe mm -hmm. and they are receptive of me as the shepherd, you know? I'm known by them, they're known by me. We have this relationship, uh, you know, as followers, he says, just like he said in verse 27, as followers, they know my voice and they follow me, you know? And here's the deal, they have no life unless I give it to them, you know? Even though they're following me, they don't have no life unless I give it to them because they've been afraid of you all their life. You know, you, you can't give them life. I'm the one that gives them life. I give them life and I give it to them more abundantly. You know, Satan, the adversary is the one that come to take life and kill, still destroy them. But I come to, they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. That's what, that's the benefit of being a sheep. They know I'm going to give them life. They know they can go in and out by me and find abundant provisions because they, you know, they go in and out by me, the good shepherd. And they find pastors. As long as they keep going in and out by me, they're going to discover and find an abundant resource, you know, for their lives to sustain them, to uphold them. The provisions will be there because I'm the good shepherd, you know, and they go in and out by me and find pastors. Abundant resources is what that word pastor means. More than enough. So I give them life. You know, I give it to them more abundantly. And, and, and because you are not a part of my fold, you don't have life. You think you're breathing, but you don't have life. You don't have the life that I came to give you, that, ab that abundant life, you know, that complete life, that life of plenty where you, all your needs are met. That's why the shepherd, that, that's why the sheep follow me, the good shepherd. Because I claim, I've, I've done what I claimed that I was going to do. I've been who I said I was going to be. I've proved and demonstrated that to them. That's why they follow me. You know, it's like he's saying, what's your problem without saying what's your problem? 
you know, it's, it's penetrating their hearts, man. They don't know. And so he said, my sheep, Pastor Sheriff, I keep mm. them from perishing. Mm. You know, you see, you're perishing for a lack of knowledge, knowing who I am. You're perishing because you don't believe my claims. You like that knowledge. You like that wisdom. You like that understanding. You know, you're looking at the very works I'm doing and you still don't want to believe. You know, so you're perishing. You're perishing for a lack of, of doubt, for a lack of unbelief, for a lack of knowledge about who I am. Now, you say you're waiting on the Messiah, you're looking for the Messiah, and I come and I dwell among you. I'm full of grace, I'm full of truth, and you still don't recognize who I am. And you're supposed to be the ones who, who recognize more about me than, than, than these poor followers that are following me, mm -hmm. these poor lepers, these blind folk. You know, and so Jesus, man, is just landed out to him what the what what a good what a what a good sheep is, what a sheep that's of his fold, what they do. Mm -hmm. And then he says, uh, the last thing he says, they follow me. So therefore, they're kept from perishing, and they're very secure. Mm -hmm. We know because we say it all the time. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter eighteen, verse ten. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, mm -hmm. and the righteous, the sheep of God, the righteous sheep of God, the lamb, they run to the name of the Lord, and they are safe. They who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadows of the Almighty, and we will say of the Lord, He's our refuge and our fortress, in Him do we put our trust. See, they understood. The ones that follow Him understood. Never had they heard a man talk like this with their best interests at heart. Jesus didn't come talking about His interests. He came talking about the Father's interests for the people, for the sheep that was going to follow Him. He wanted to have a relationship with them as a Father, and Jesus knew this. Verse 28, he says, and he says, and I give unto them eternal life, life beyond this life. You know, I give to them too for following me. That's their reward if they can keep on and endure and do that and follow me all the way to the end so they can really see what the end is going to be. And he spells it out. Mm -hmm. It's so clear. He said, it ain't going to be eternal life. When this life is over, if you follow me all the way to the end, if you endure all the way to the end, if you keep following me, even when I leave, you still got to follow me. That's why I'm giving you the teachings now so you will know what you're following. You're following the instructions. You're following the, you know, the teachings of Jesus all the way to the end of your life. And then you're going to receive eternal life. You know, that's, that, that's, that's the reward at the end for following me. And then he says, and they shall never perish. There it is. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Even when I'm no longer physically here, I would have laid enough foundation. I would have taught enough about the father's kingdom, you know, that, that you can, you can enter into that spiritual kingdom now with a guarantee you're going to end up in that physical kingdom that he's going to come back and reveal one day. But you got to endure to the end. You got to keep following me. You can't let nobody come with no false teaching, no false doctrine and pluck you out of my hand. It just can't happen if you're my sheep. If you're my sheep, if you're rooted and grounded, if you know these revelations, if you understand these claims, if you believe these claims, these claims are going to carry you from earth to glory. But you got to hold on to them. You got to embrace them. You got to be rooted in ground. This got to be your stake in the ground. This got to be your foundation. All of the sand, he said, is sinking sand. But this is the foundation. The gates of hell won't prevail against this, you know, this, this, this teaching that I'm doing of my father's kingdom, you know. And he goes on to say that nothing can pluck them out of my hand because you are secure in my hands. Uh, verse uh, number 29, he says, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Look at how he continues this discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, he's teaching these doubters. 
He's teaching these men with all these questions, these religious folks. Now, you don't see nothing else in here about the folks who before, who had said he was a good man, following him, his sheep, to know his voice. They still hearing his voice, so they don't have no questions. Mm -hmm. They there in the crowd, they still following, mm -hmm. you know. Because, see, this is what those religious folks are trying to do. They're trying to impress those people who have now given their life over to Jesus and they're following him. They're now trying to impress those people that was blind at one time that's following him, that was leprous one time that's following him, you know. They're trying to impress those people. Because, see, up until a point before Jesus came, these people were afraid of these people. Now they're following Jesus, and they know that Jesus is going to protect them. They know that they're secure as long as they follow Jesus. They no longer feel threatened. You know, they're able now. Jesus has come and healed them now. They can stand on their own two feet now. They can see their enemies now. That's right. You know, and they can hear the two different voices. They can hear their voices that's threatening Jesus, that used to threaten them, but they can also hear the voice of Jesus talking. And they know that voice sounds like a victorious voice. Mm. It don't sound like somebody who's not in control. It don't sound like somebody who don't have all power in his hand. You know, Jesus is right in the midst of all these threats, all these questions, all that, and he's still holding fast to and firm to what he came to do. He ain't taking down, he ain't changing his message. You know, he's under the threat of death all the time. It's all around him, as we just read in a previous verse. So they came and they all got around him. I guess that was supposed to be intimidating. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to have been some threat. But Jesus has been surrounded before. And sometimes he escaped right out of them and they didn't even know he had, he had disappeared. You know, you, you, you can't take my life. I lay my life down. Uh -huh. And if I lay it down, I'm the one to take it back up. You know. Uh -huh. You know. And so he knew who he was, man. And so he tells them, man, you know, that, you know, my father, which gave them to me, is greater. So what Jesus is doing, he is um, uh, assured that not only can, can he be secure, you know, but he also got help from the Father. So it's like he got a, a, a double assurance. Mm. He got the Father's approval. He got the Father's help. He got the. I love that. You got you got double assurance. You got help from heaven. Y'all need to hear me now. We got help from heaven, and we also can help ourselves right here because we have access to the precious promises of God. Mm. We have His Word that we can stand on. Y'all know what happened, man, when stuff show up unexpectedly, mm. suddenly like COVID, all this other stuff, we go to the promises of God. We go to the word of God and we use that word. We work that word. We fight with that word. We pray that prayer of faith based on the word. But guess what? We pray here on earth, yes, we do. amen, that it will be just like it is in heaven. Jesus understood this. He understood that I got help from my father and I also know who I am. I'm the living word of God, you know, here on earth right now. Mm. You know, I'm full of grace and I'm full of truth. Yes, you know, yes. I'm doing my father's will. So I'm helping myself. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not operating in fear. And my father is helping me from heaven too. And you can't touch God's anointed. You cannot do Jesus no harm, even though you're going to try. And they tried. But see, you can't touch God's anointed. Jesus was anointed of God to be doing what he was doing. He, he spelled that out to them. You know, my father sent me. I'm doing my father's will. Meaning he know he had double cover. He had, he had protection from heaven. You know, so that's, you know, that, 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 is, that is double security right there. You know, in God himself. He was assured of it. That's why he wasn't afraid of them. 
Fear what no man can do to you. Can, you know, don't be afraid of what no man can do to you because we got heaven backing us up and we ourselves, is go, we're supposed to be wise as serpents. We're supposed to walk in the counsel and the authority of the word of God. Now, when we veer outside of that, that protection, we lose it. If we follow some other voice, we lose it. You know, we follow some other doctrine, then we lose it. You know, we move away from the promises of God because, see, nobody can pluck you out of God's hand. Nobody can force you not to hear his voice. But if you follow another voice, if you get out of the hands of Jesus, out of the protection of Jesus, and, 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 and look back sometimes and put your hand to the plow and go do that stuff, he said, you unfit for that eternal life. You unfit for the kingdom of God. You know, so it's pretty much your choice now. These other people decide to follow Jesus all the way. They ain't complaining. They ain't bickering. They heard about Jesus. They came to him. They received what he said. He, he, what he said he did for them, whatever he claimed to do, he did for them. He healed them. You know, but now you got these, these religious folk. They, they just ain't going to believe it no matter what happened. You know, verse 30, he says, I and my father are one. Powerful statement. I and my father are one. Notice these claims that this shepherd has made. These are some great claims. You know, me, I'm, I am my father one. He, you know, he already claimed to be the, be the Messiah. You know, you know, he, he you know, he, he making these claims that nobody can dispute. All they can do is question. And so he says he is one with God. That is, he is God himself. Mm. So, you know, so if you're one with God, then that means you're God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the religious folk, look at how they reacted in verse 31. Then the Jews took up stone again to stone him. Mm. Again. So that means they tried and attempted this before. But he's still preaching. He's still teaching. He's still healing. So what they tried before failed. Mm. What they try now is failed. Yes. What they try in the future is failed because the preaching and teaching of the gospel is still going forth right now. We're still learning revelations about Jesus. So the stoning that they tried back then couldn't stop him. The stoning that they tried right then couldn't stop him. The stoning that people try right now to try to reject Jesus, don't want to accept Jesus, don't want to accept God and his truth. Same thing happening today. That's why you got 4,200 different denominations out there. They don't want to deal with the deity of Jesus Christ. They would, if, they, if he was physically here now, they would stone him. Some of them want to stone some of us for talking about him. You know that's in their hearts. They want us to shut up about Jesus because it threatened their ministry because they're not teaching about the revelation of Jesus Christ. They're teaching about, you know, how to get houses and cars. They're teaching a prosperity gospel. You know, they're teaching that they need a bigger jet to fly around the world in luxury while you can't even pay your light bill and your water bill, can't buy shoes for your children, ain't even got food on your table while they living in 18-room, eight-bathroom homes with electric bulletproof garages, all kind of stuff. You paying for it. You know, and Jesus is saying, man, you know, you, 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 you tried to destroy me before. You, you know, you're not going to be able to do it because I'm the same yesterday, day, and forever. You cannot destroy me. You know, I have all power in my hand. I lay my life down. And if you're in God, you don't fear death. You don't fear what man can do to you. You know, I, I know that's hard for some people because you got death all around you. You got craziness all around you. But think about the things you've already lived through. It wasn't that you were so good. It was that God brought you through. Some of us have gone through many, many, several fiery storms and tribulations and trials, tested to the limit, you know. But he said, I'll bring you through the water. You will not drown. 
It will not consume you. I'll bring you through the fire. You're only going to come out as pure gold because if there's anything in you that shouldn't be there, that fire will consume it. And we're still standing today because of that. Why? Because we are his sheep. We're in his hands and nothing can pluck us out. Now, we can leave on our own. We can go back out there into the world. We can. That's called backsliding. You know, we can fall away from the teaching. So let's go a little bit further here. Amen. So he says here in verse 32, I'm going to do a couple of more and then we'll, we'll, we'll end. Verse 32, he says, and Jesus answered. Here Jesus answering again why there's more questions. And it says, and Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. See, he taking no claim for what he, for it himself. He giving it all to his father. For which of these works do ye stone me? And so there's that question that Jesus throws back on them. Okay, Jesus' question uh, is, 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 is to see how they're going to react now. They didn't expect him to do this. See, most times people expect you to be rebellious and angry, you know, and, and, and get out of character. Like we used to say, almost made me lay down my religion. But look at how cool Jesus is. He ain't laying down nothing. And when he does, he said, I'm going to lay my life down when I'm ready to lay it down. Mm. You can't take it from me. And if I lay it down, I'm going to pick it back up again. Yes. So you're really wasting your time with your questions. But he does this to generate a response from them, trying to let them know, I'm not as ignorant as you think I am. Mm. I know who I am. I'm comfortable in my skin. I know who I am. I know my mission. I know why I'm here. Mm. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. That which was lost. You know. And so he goes on. Let's look at it. it, it um, he, he puts them in a bind here. Yeah, you know, they ask, they got questions, and he's claiming that, hey, but I love this. So, so now he brings the father into the, play, into the picture again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, he, you, you, say, you say you are of your father. Then look at what he said there. Many works have I showed you is from my father. And if you say you know him, then you should know he is awesome. He's all powerful. God can do whatever. He's sovereign. He's the creator of everything. If you really know him, Abraham knew him. Moses knew him. Mm -hmm. You know, before the argument, y'all brought them up and said that was your father. Mm -hmm. You know, but Abraham has a, the same father I have. Moses has the same heavenly father I have. You suppose they have the same heavenly father they had. You would know this if you really knew the father. Then if you knew the father, you would know who I am. You would know I'm his representative. You would know I came to do his will. He, you know, he's, he's, he, he causes such a reaction because they didn't expect him to come like that. You know, they expect cursing and all that. But now Jesus is just so full of wisdom. He's too wise for that. Yes, you can't trap yeah. him. Shouldn't, shouldn't, it should be the same thing for us. Mm -hmm. We follow him. We, we imitate him. We, you know, we use him as our example. He stood firm. Verse 20, 33, he says, The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that, that thou, being a man, maketh thyself God. He goes some more of this religious, you know, yeah, craziness here, you know, misunderstanding of his claim, you know, and so they admitted now, listen to this, they admitted now that his works were good. Yeah, right out of their own mouth. You know, they admitted it out of their own mouth. They probably need to listen to their own rhetoric. You know, it might help them. They, they admitted that the work that he's doing is good. It said it right there, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's just amazing, you know. And then they also understood 
his claim, but they rejected him. Isn't that amazing? You admit it out of your mouth that he's doing good work, that you, you, you ain't blaming him for none of the good works. It just doesn't make sense. It's double talk. Mm-hmm. That double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, oh, you know. And then they, then they say, you know, but we're we not denying what you did. Uh-huh. We're just rejecting you. Now, we don't have, don't have nothing to do with you. There's a lot of people who have tons of scripture that they use, but they don't want to accept Jesus. They want to use that word to get that promise. Come on. But they don't want Jesus. Mm-hmm. They reject him now. Y- y- y'all know how to. Y'all, listen, let me just jog your memory. How many people have you dealt with in your life since you've been saved that when every year they're hollering about, I'm going to the conference because I need a word? They don't say, I need Jesus. They say, I need a word. Because they know how people are going to use the word. They know when they go to those conferences, those people are going to use those words. They're going to take those scriptures. They're going to twist those scriptures. And they're going to have you thinking, you're going to sow that seed. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. So they go looking for a word. They don't go looking for the word. They go looking for a word. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. See, Jesus is the word of God. He, but he's the living word of God. He's the incarnated word of God living among us full of grace and truth. That's not what they go looking for. And remember now what the scripture said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. It said the kingdom of God, okay, is not in word only, but in power. Now, if you go get the word, I'm talking about Jesus, then you get the power. But if you just go get a word that rolled off them people's lips with a bunch of promises on it, it ain't going to work until you become a member of the sheepfold. Come on. That's when it works. And so he answers, he addresses them, man, but they still uh, rejected him. Verse 34 uh, says, here's another claim. He is the son of God. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus answered them. He's still giving answers. It is not written in your law. He said, is it not written in your law? I said, ye are God, like little G right there, you know. He is the son of God, okay. Jesus shows man's inconsistency, you know. You got your law. What does it say in your law? Do you even know what it says in your own book, in your own law? You say you're, you're of your father Moses and of Abraham. You know, they, they, they understood what was in the law. Mm-hmm. Moses was the author of it. Mm-hmm. So based on your own law, your own book, what does it say about me and what does it say about you? It makes a distinction. I'm spelled with a big G, addressed Yahweh, the big, the big, the big, the big capital, su- su- supreme, preeminent one. But then it gives you your little G, talks about the little gods that you have. Totally different than me. You should know this. None of those little gods there with the little G do the work that I'm doing. That's the distinguishing characteristic right there. It talks about the great and mighty works of God, the big G God. That's in your law. Yahweh. You know. And so let me get about, get down to verse 37 and we're going to end right there. And he goes on to say, uh, if he called them God, little G, unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. And so here it is right there. He said, look, you know, I'm showing you, I'm pointing out to you your inconsistency based on your own laws. Okay, verse 36, he says, he say, say ye of them whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest? Because I said, I am the son of God. 
So here's another claim by Jesus. So the Father have sanctified me and have set me apart for his purpose. You know, my Father sent me. He is, I am the Son of God. That He didn't send me here to be the, the, just to be the Son of Man. He sent me here by way of the Son of Man, but I'm still the Son of God sent here. So you have to understand that. No matter, no matter how the Scripture said I was sent here, I'm still sent here by my father i'm sent here to be a man you know to take on human flesh i didn't do this on my own i did this because this is what my father wanted to do i I had to be a man to be tempted in every point you were going to be tempted in and to be sinless and to be faultless and you know not to be found guilty of anything to prove that you don't have to do away with the law it can be fulfilled not only but but see you can't fulfill it so God had to, had to send me to fulfill the law, not do away with it, so you wouldn't have to worry about it. And because of me being able to do that, now you can have access back to the Father because I satisfied what the Father required mm-hmm. on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Can't you see that? That you are not fulfilling the law. You're violating your very own law and accusing me of blaspheming it because you're missing the fact that I was sent by the Father who you say you know. I was sent here by him. You just don't understand the, the genealogy. You don't understand how I came. You know, It's because you're not familiar with your own law. I am. I'm the fulfillment of it. You know, and so he breaks it down to them. He, he makes that claim. You know, uh, Verse 37, he says, God, he says, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. There's another claim. He says, God is in me. And I mean, God, it's, it's absolute. It's no, it's nothing. It's no variableness in that. There's no change in that. Mm. That's solid. You're just going to either have to believe that or reject that. You're going to have to believe it or reject it. You're going to have to believe it or you're going to have to reject it. It's not going to change because you struggle with it, because you doubt it. It's just not going to. It's not going to change. And so he makes another claim there. Amen. Verse 38 says, but if I do, though ye believe me not, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am in him. So he says, my works are the proof. Verse 39, he said, therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands again. So he's still rejected, but he's, he escaped. 40, he says, and he went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. So let's let's go ahead and conclude uh, this part about the great claims of Jesus. He he escaped from them. He went away from that rejection. They didn't want to believe the proof that he had showed to them. And so Jesus said, okay, I'm I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to retire to the place, uh, you know, the area where I can go with John baptized and I can pray some more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did. He went and got alone because they were rejecting him. Mm-hmm. Verse 41, he says, and many resorted unto him and said, John did not, did no miracles, but all the things that John spake of this man was true. And so John talked about him, prepared the way. Now he's there and Jesus has increased, John decreased, and these people are beginning to pick up on it. Not the Jews, not everybody, but there was those who still following Jesus. They went right on behind him. They followed him, you know, as he continued to do works, and they began to make reference. John talked about him. Everything John the Baptist said about him, it's true. It has come to pass, okay? So the crowds began to follow Jesus off of that, off of that right there, that revelation that what John said about him 
It has come to pass. It's true because of the works that he's doing. It's proven that. Verse 42, and we'll end right there. And many believed on him in that place. So many believed on Jesus that day because of John's testimony. Amen. That John, the revelator, wrote about it here, the revelation. You know, so they, the people knew about that. So they had a reference that they could remember what John said. That voice crying in the wilderness about Jesus was going to come after him. Jesus was going to increase so he could decrease in that order. And he's proved it all right here by the works that he did. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Thank you for your word, Lord God, this morning, that the great claims of the great shepherd, we see, Lord God, that there are witnesses who bear record. We want to be those witnesses today to bear record of what you said in the word that you would do, what you've already done, what you're doing, the more you're going to do. So, Father, we, th we take you at your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the revelation that your claims are true and they've been proven by the work that you do. Even when you saved us, prove that you are the Savior. Even now that you promised you would save others, still continues to prove that you're the Savior. Even though you're not physically here as you was with them, Father, we know that you're real. We know, God, that you cannot be rejected. We have to accept you, Lord God, not reject you because you are the truth, God. As the, as the witnesses bear record, as they follow Jesus, they said everything John said about him is true. Mm -hmm. Everything that the word says about you, Father, we declare today is yes. true. And we're praying that others will come to this realization and know, God, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by you. So we thank you that we know the truth now, and that truth has made us even more free today, God, as we wait on you to come back, Lord God. Father, we will serve you. We will preach and teach sound doctrine, speaking the truth in love without any compromise, because, God, you are still with us today. We thank you. You gave us the spirit of truth to live inside of us, to help us, to bring back to our remembrance, God, to teach us, to show us, even to show us things that are yet to come. So we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We receive your word of truth this morning. And therefore, Father God, we are made a little bit more wiser today because of your word. It is gone out. Let it fall on good ground now. Let it minister to others today. Anyone that have access, as they hear it today, let them believe that, Jesus, you are the proof that the Father loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We pray this for the lost, the backslidden, and the prodigals now. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Thank you for your word. Amen. All right, then.